what's up everything the nhl trade deadline has come and gone but there are a lot of questions left to answer who won who lost who is seattle going to draft with its 700 picks why did it take a three-team trade to move max domi why oh why is oscar sunquist not a blue anymore our hearts might be broken but our microphone is not so let's get started and let's go blues sunny Yesterday my life was filled with rain Sunny You smiled at me and really eased the pain Now the dark days are done and the bright days are here My sunny one shines so sincere Sunny one so true, I love you Sunny Thank you for the sunshine, okay? Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys, One Cup podcast. It is Monday. Weird. March 21st. We're reunited on the mainland. We were united in other lands. Other lands. But the people weren't there for it. Uh, Ian, you're a married man now. How's it feel? Great. <laughs> it feel it feels very good. I didn't think it would feel any different, and then sometimes it does feel different, and then sometimes uh, it doesn't feel different. So, so do do what we, a roller coaster? Do we dive into the details of this wedding, or do we do that later? We got, you, got, you got questions? Ask me some. Ask me questions. People didn't send in their questions, and you want me to send a quick tweet, and then at the end, <laughs> ask me about his wedding. <laughs> Um, you know, we'll pull the people. We'll ask was, the people. It was in Hawaii. It was on the island of Oahu. Okay. It was at a place called uh, Kualoa Ranch, which is where they filmed part of the original Jurassic Park. It was very beautiful. I mean, it, it looks very Jurassic Parky, minus the dinosaurs. Um, but, you know, our venue's backed up against, like, some, some real mountains. And then you can look out over the ocean vista and see... Chinaman's hat, which is a little island out there that looks like uh, old-timey hat people from China would wear. That is what they call it. That is the name of the island. I believe it also has a Hawaiian name. Because people in in Hawaii didn't call it Chinaman's hat. But people that came over called it that, so that's what it's called. Um, And that's fine. And that's fine. We're fine with that. Yeah. No one's making a stink. No. Um, It was was very beautiful. It It went... exactly according to plan i have to say i really thought something was gonna go you know weird and i was just gonna have to roll with it but it all it all went very well it is real weird to see a picture of the aforementioned island and be like oh yeah i was there that's crazy that it was only a week ago it feels both more recent and less recent yeah, your wedding that. day was one week ago yeah. currently yeah. you were getting married like Almost exactly a week ago. Well, right. well, there's time difference. Hours, no, but I'm trying to five hours, four hours. So like a week by the end of the podcast, it will have been. Yeah, right. We were getting wild. we were getting ready. That's why at this point we were wearing those damn shoes that apparently fit you just fine. I'm surprised. Maybe I was just <laughs> maybe I had all the endorphins running through me. But I normally yes, dress shoes pain in the ass. But these felt fine to me. But all, according to the rest of you four. Not All the fan. other groomsmen are carrying bodily wounds because <laughs> of their right. shoes. And you're like, oh, yeah, it was fine. Did you have any of the pie that we had? I did not. You didn't? Mm-mm. See, I didn't either. And that's my one <laughs> That's my one regret. Yeah. 
Arlene even had a piece on a plate that was half eaten. She's like, you got to try this. I was like, I will. And then we had to do one of a myriad of things. Mm-hmm. And then I never ate it. And I was like, you know what? I would have liked to have a piece. You know, uh, the shoe game, that was a lot yeah. of fun. That was a good idea. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was, you know, it was wonderful to be a part of you. And it was, it was a blessing. Well, I'm glad you're able to make it. I'm glad you like it. I hope you like Pianimo loaf stuff. Did you eat it? Did you try? Does it Not taste yet, good? but no? I will try okay. it. I'll try it right after this. And then we'll know. And it'll be terrible. What did you have? Uh, the masaladas? Is that what they're called? The little breakfast Danish puff things that are kind of like shoe pastries. Did we have those there? No, you didn't have them. <laughs> like, I had them on the island. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you tried those yeah, before Malasada, then? they're really Malasada, good. Malasada, yeah, yeah. They're pretty good. They're very good. That was I'm kind glad of, you had that. That's great. And that macaroni salad that literally every restaurant has, that was yeah. also sick. Uh, it was fun. I would go back. Would... Hit, hit up Buzz's Hawaiian, Hawaiian street food, food, whatever. They're a um, local food truck here but they're gonna have a brick and mortar place just to the east of tower grove park like just off of grand i think they're opening supposedly this spring but we've gone we went that one time after spider-man good um and it's very good and they have that mac and cheese stuff there very good Mm -hmm. go check it out did you have any spam did you need spam while you were there i did not no i mean it's not i mean it's the same as spam here but like (laughs) if you have like spam masubi i've never tried spam here they like put it in like you know some shoyu which is Japanese for soy sauce, I believe. Um, not it's to, very good. Not to jump into our next topic, but Jim Thomas oh. just tweeted, looks like Nick Letty is wearing jersey number two for the Blues. No, he is not. No, sir. I don't, I don't know what jersey he is wearing, but I'm pretty sure it's not that one. He's like 22. I'm like, no, that's also taken. Like, okay. 222. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 222. Nick Letty, Al McKenna, same player. That's true. Uh, no, to you know, to put a point on the wedding until we come back to it. It was it was great. I'm glad you did it. At first, I was like Hawaii for a wedding. That's crazy. But then, you know, it worked out for you. Mm-hmm. She's from Iowa though, so that yeah, made it we just we just wanted to go. Uh, no, it's very nice that our family lives there because it's free lodging. I mean, not this time so much because we, we did, stayed in a hotel, hotel for part of it. Yeah. But yeah, but most of the time free lodging. I'm very excited to go back in November. She has a friend getting married then uh, when I can be there and not and have wedding it. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Have you been there? I mean, I guess the first time you went, probably no wedding stuff, right? But, yeah, I've been twice before. But that. the last time you were doing like touring locations and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but just right? like one day. Okay. That was it. The rest of the time we were just chilling. It's pretty cool. I definitely want to take another trip back. It's got a vibe, man. When yeah. you're there, it's very, they're just, I mean, even the highways have speed limits that are pretty low. Uh-huh. Like, just people just kind of chill all the time. Yeah, that, that whole island time and everything was it's pretty true. Um, all right, let's dive into the trade deadline. We can circle back to your wedding. You're going to be married forever. That's right. But Nick Luddy will only be a blue <laughs> for a few months, God willing. Um, no, I don't want to, I don't want to crap on the guy too much, but I, I suppose we should start with the blues lone move of the day. That's right. Went, went. Hey, I didn't think they're going to make any move yeah, at one point. Yeah, and I wish they hadn't. <laughs> um... The Blues acquired defenseman Nick Luddy and Luke Witkowski, also a defenseman. Who I believe cares? so. He's, it is, he's an is, NHL player. Look, that's I a mean, body yeah. swap. <laughs> I, was, I mean this as kindly as possible. That's a trash man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Luke Witkowski plays one game for the St. Louis Blues, I'll 
I'll shit. <laughs> I myself will use You didn't say use the bathroom, you just I'm, said shit. I myself admitted myself that I suck. Um, that yeah, I think. Oh, sorry, I didn't actually finish the the terms. Uh, in exchange for a 2023 second round pick, so not even this year's. Oh, because yeah. we don't have this year's second. Although this year's second are this year's second did get traded, as we'll discuss later on. But only maybe. Um, forward Oscar Sunquist and defenseman Jake Wallman. The 31-year-old Nick Weddy has played 831 games in his NHL career and 121 playoff games. He won a Stanley Cup in 2013 with the Chicago Blackhawks. So we, we didn't even get the veteran who deserves to win one vibe That's from right. this. Guess we'll have to stick with Jordan Kyrou. <laughs> <laughs> um, this season, his first, I guess Justin Falk did one. I was, one I was trying to think, who's their oldest player? Tori Krug has? Didn't, I guess. No, he hasn't. Do we have anybody older? I feel like we're like missing a real obvious no. one or something, but I don't think Bozak so. was here. James Neal, I guess. Although he probably won one in Pittsburgh, right? I feel like he's got a The cup. real deal. <laughs> We'll think about it. We'll chew on it. Um, <clears throat> this was his first season in Detroit. He has 16 points in 55 games and has a minus 33, which I've been told multiple times, can't talk about at all, um, <laughs> while averaging 21 minutes and 21 and a half minutes of ice time. Letty is in the final season of a seven-year, $38.5 million contract. Witkowski has played one game this season in the NHL, and that was for one of the league's worst teams. <laughs> when the Red Wings are like, yeah, one game's enough for you. you you're not, not much. Not good. Sunquist has played 41 games this season, 15 points. He had his best season in 18-19 with 14 goals before winning the Stanley Cup. He has a year left on a deal that pays him $2.75 million annually. Wallman has six points in 32 games while averaging 12 minutes per contest. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford on why Letty costs so much. The Blues had to do something, and the cost for one of the top available defensemen was too much for them to stomach. Letty may not have been the most attractive option, but he can help. And meanwhile, the Blues have moved the final year of Oscar Sundquist's $2.75 million salary off the books. He was coming back from double hip surgery and knee surgery, wasn't 100% this season, and perhaps there's thought within the organization of whether he'd ever get back to being the same player again. This will give them some salary cap flexibility this summer in case GM Doug Armstrong has some leads on how he can upgrade the roster at that point. In essence, they're giving up a second-round pick in 2023 for a defenseman, which was always their preference over surrendering a first-rounder. Uh, he also explained how Letty fits with the Blues. Can Letty be what the Blues need on defense? There are many doubters that the 31-year-old can be the player he was a few years ago. That said, he still skates well and can transition the puck as well as a lot of defensemen in the league. But the Blues have a hole in their top pair alongside Colton Pareko on the left side. They've been patching it up with Marco Scandella and Nico Mikola, and it has not been effective. <laughs> it remains to be seen, but perhaps they can let Letty step in and do his thing while having Pareko play more of a defensive role, God willing. There's a lot of hope for it with... Uh, that's a lot to hope for with a defenseman who has struggled defensively in Detroit. But at the very least, Letty can give the Blues some depth, and if somehow he ends up in the third pairing with Robert Bortuzzo, the Blues have still improved their group overall. Uh, we've got a few more quotes to get through. The um, 
Armstrong press conference included these. He said, Nick Letty brings experience. He's a guy that can log big minutes at important times of the year for teams that play deep. It's the dimension that will add to our group. It gives us a different look that the coach can use depending on who he wants to pair Nick. Who he wants to pair Nick with. But there is no with. And also the coach. Did you forget the coach's I know, name? He's like, uh, uh Steve Ott. <laughs> yeah. Whoever Steve want, wants to put him with. Uh, you, he also was asked about why he didn't trade for top defensemen. You want to be involved in everything. You wish you could play at free agency. Then you wish you could play at the draft trading capital. And you wish you could play now. But at some point, you just can't do everything all the time. We've been a competitive team for the better part of a decade. We were able to keep our first round pick in 2020 and get a very good prospect in Neighbors, a player we think should be pushing very hard for our team next year. Bolduc seems to be a very good young player, so giving up a first round pick for a rental this year didn't seem to make sense. And quite honestly, the quality of player, in our opinion, we didn't view first round assets as something that we wanted to give away at this time. That's a middle finger of Ben Sherratt. <laughs> you know it is. That's right. Uh, finally, he said, Sunquist's been one of my favorite players. He's always got a smile on. I've always enjoyed being around him. A really good player. Always going to have a great memory here as a blue. This organization was better having him part of it than before he got here. You have to create space to make these deals and also the role he was playing on our team. He wasn't in our group of nine this year and a $2.75 million AAV. We had to make sure we're spreading that out in ways that we can put a team on the ice. There was also another quote I want to find real quick. Um, where he was already kind of hinting about uh, a reunion. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, which David I, Perron style. is a thought that I'd had when uh, we made this trade. Let me see if I can find it. Here it is. Uh, what we've seen with David Perron and other players in the past, hockey's a small world, and you never know when you'll reconnect with somebody, but it was, partial was, you have to create space to make these deals. Um, I'd love to reconnect with Sunquest when he's healthier and cheaper. Um, the athletic did label us a loser at the deadline <laughs> loser with the, and said with the avalanche and wild beefing up the blues need to keep up and what will be a brutal central division playoffs and a shaky defense was the place to do it. But Nick Letty, still a great stater, skill, still a good puck mover, still a defensive liability. Isn't really the answer. Um, so <sighs> As usually happens with these, my initial reaction has changed somewhat, although not entirely. I still don't think this is a very good move. But where are you at? I've been reading a lot of things. How are you feeling? I mean, I felt the same way. Like, when it came down, I thought this was, like, a terrible move. I think having looked more into what Sunquist has brought recently... Um, I think it makes a little more sense, also given the fact that Nick Letty is off the books to come this summer and Sunquist is still have another year on his contract. I kind of was interested in Armstrong's like comments about mm-hmm. basically like that they need to redistribute redistribute the wealth, um, redistribute that money to like other players mm-hmm. upcoming. Because what am I wrong? Is it's Thomas and Kyrie that are RFAs, right? This summer. Okay. Uh. Thomas and Cairo are next summer. Oh, next Cuso summer. and Perron are the two oh, big okay, questions. Gotcha. So, like, but either way, it frees up cap space that you can use for free agency or when you're trying to make moves. Um, and like they said, Sunquest has had all these injuries piling up. But yeah, I think 
having a bit of like blue tinted glasses on from 2019 i was like man you can't get rid of oscar sunquist that dude's such a good player but then when you think about paying him 2.75 to essentially be a fourth liner Mm -hmm. a guy that can move up and down the lineup sure but to essentially just be on the fourth line that is quite a bit i think for anyone else really if anyone not named oscar sunquist making that much money on the fourth line would be like an albatross immediately and we would see it and be like get this dude out of here so it's it's fine uh paying the second kind of sucks but i think that's also because i think they had to retain on nick letty to make this even work in the first place mm-hmm. um second's not great but like i said it seems like you're paying a second to essentially free up cap space nick letty on his own like i don't know i thought he was supposed to be at least <laughs> all right and i guess maybe that maybe that is his the ceiling at this point is all right um is the hole next to Colton Pareko not, like, is it a hole because we can't have someone that's, like, good at playing with him or is worthy of being, like, a top-pairing defenseman? Because Nick Letty is not that guy either. Is he better than Marco Scandella? I think so, but not by, like, leaps and bounds. Yeah. I agree with everything you said. I, I actually want to go back and, and talk about... My initial reaction and then how I processed it. And then I'll talk about Nick Waddy like you did. Initially, I was just like, this is a total, total failure. <laughs> we overpaid. Yeah. Um, you know, I understood the whole time that we had to move Sunquest to make the salary cap work. Um, but it seemed like really giving away an asset. Jake Wallman, I like Jake Wallman, but I don't I don't think he was ever going to really have a full-time place on this team, so it doesn't seem like we lost a lot there. I think he'll be better suited in Detroit. He felt like someone that was eventually going to not be on yeah, this team. Yeah, right. Um, and the second-round pick, it's like I would rather keep those, but it's there's such a cavernous difference between a first-round pick and a second-round pick, really, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but... I just didn't like the Nick Weddy part of it. And we'll talk about that more in a minute here. Um, but as I went on, I realized that they're really looking at this as a salary dump for next season, too. And it sucks because we've loved Sunquist here on the podcast. I know we're not alone in that. Um, but it seems like we're at a point with him where it's like, okay, he's not, he hasn't recovered yet to 100%. And we can't go into next season just hoping that he will, because three million, two point seven five million is a big chunk of your cap right now. Mm-hmm. You know that could be seventy percent or sixty percent of a Peron or Huso contract. You know, right. like that's a big chunk of your cap. Um, and we don't have that much space to begin with. Even if we trade Tarasenko, we still have some limitations there. You know, so. Um, when I when I thought about it that way and I thought, well, if you talk, look at salary cap dumps and how expensive those usually are, and, you know, look at we basically paid an extra first round pick for Braden Shin to dump salary cap mm-hmm. and um, other things that we've done in the past. Like in that context, it looks a little better. However, not to pile on Nick Weddy because I'm sure he's a nice guy, <laughs> but all season, all I've heard is. The Blues need to get bigger and nastier on defense. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought that was dumb because that's not necessarily how defense works anymore. But that's all I've heard all year. And then we go out and get Nick Letty, who is like as opposite of a big, nasty defenseman as you can get. And I've talked, we've talked a lot about, about like the 
the team's identity is shifting. Defensively, they need to play more puck possession, need to be more transition focused. And I agree with that. I think you and I realize that. I think smart fans realize that. I'm still not sure the coach does. And we just extended the coach. And it's like, if this makes sense for you long-term and getting rid of Sunquist and getting a guy and all of that is worth a second-round pick, like, it doesn't damage the team. But I think there's a chance that Nick Letty, with Craig Berube, actively makes this team worse. Mm. Because we're all talking about, well, it's got to be an improvement. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Mm. (laughs) You can add a new guy and get worse. For sure, he hasn't been that good. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, you can't just judge him. He was a he was Red Wing. And it's like, he was bad before that. How did he get to the Red Wings? Mm-hmm. If he was a Red Wing, uh, you know, now in 2021-22, that probably means no other teams wanted him. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm not going to drag it because it's a rental. We didn't pay that much. We took care of some other stuff. But I just don't see how it improves us at all. And I also don't really care if we're improved because I've been saying for a week that we're not going to... I've been saying... We've been saying all year that we're not going to compete with Colorado so we shouldn't Mm -hmm. go crazy at the deadline or anything. And that's still fine. But then, like, why did you make the deal at all then? Mm -hmm. You know? Seems like you're patching a hole and you know it's a crappy patch and you know that it's not going to do anything... And you know the water's still coming either way, but like you had to do something. Yeah, I feel like it's still like it was more like we just want to clear cap space. We don't even need this player. But like, well, you we can you can have this defenseman. And they're like, okay, we'll take him because he fills he fills a hole, but he doesn't fill it well. He just fills it with his body, and it'll be interesting. Um, I think, like you said, though, I, obviously this doesn't move the needle as far as like us being a competitive team in the playoffs. Like, I still think second round is, like, the limit. Like, I could see us, you know, somehow beating a team in the first round, uh, making it past uh, a Colorado magically or something, mm-hmm. or, or Minnesota magically, because Minnesota teams can never be, have success. Um, but then, yeah, then, then that's it. Like, and I'm okay. Like, I'm kind of okay with that, but it just means, like, that more is going to have to be done in the summer. I know... Armstrong's never been a big deadline guy um, anyways, but it'll be interesting because to me it feels like this whole team this whole team sucks at defense, like even the forwards and stuff. But then there's except Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah. Who I learned this week sucks and that's we don't right. need to worry about extending. Well, I, yeah. We should talk about that. Remind me to come back to that. Because yeah. that's some anyway, go ahead. But I was gonna say, like, the problem I have is we have some forwards that aren't great defensively, Thomas and Kyra, generally speaking, but you're not going to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. They're so good offensively and so gifted through the rest of the game that just because they're bad defensively, you're not going to get rid of them. So you're going to have to teach them defense. You're they're also to... young players who you would expect to be. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to fix that with the player. So, like, the thing that you can fit, and, like, Prawn's, you know, good defensively, Shen's pretty good defense. You know, so you've got all these guys up there that, are either good defensively and or are so good offensively that you can't like get rid of them. Mm-hmm. So the answer is always like fixing like the actual decor itself um, when it comes to like personnel changes. And I think we've said this a bunch, but it's like I don't know what they do to free up that money in that space to like bring someone else in and subtract someone else out. 
Um, that's my problem. That's Sorry. the hardest part. I mean, that's just the hardest part for me. Is people are like, they need to just fix the D, and I'm like, I'm I'm not saying you got to be the GM. I'm not saying you got to figure it out for me. But it's just like, what is that? Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. Why don't we Why don't we broaden the lens a little yeah. bit too? When we talk about then some of the other deals that we weren't involved in because. You know, a lot of people wanted us to go get Jacob Chikrin today, who didn't mm-hmm. ultimately get moved. And some people weirdly wanted us to get Ben Chirot yeah. before he moved for a first-round pick and more. Um, and then on Saturday, there was that flurry of activity of, like, for an hour, it was like, oh, we're going to get Hampus Lindholm mm. and extend him. And, you know, I'd even <laughs> talked myself into, like, oh, we're going to somehow sell him Colton Pareko in the deal to make the money make more sense or mm. something. And that didn't end up happening. And I do think, like, it's such a weird situation. We were talking about the other day. Like, I don't think of it. I don't. I think we both exaggerate and underestimate how bad our defensive situation is. Because, yeah. like, there isn't one of the guys we have on defense that some other team probably wouldn't take. Like, all of those guys, another team would take at the same number. Now, whether they'd trade a lot of assets to get them, probably not. Yeah. But, um, you know, most of them would probably take those guys. And, and let's leave Justin Falk out of this... Basically, because he's been pretty much sensational. <laughs> I was like, that's the one guy been, that I'm like, want to keep. You know, if you look at his player card metrics on evolving hockey, his defensive side isn't great and that sucks, but like he's got a 90 offense and an 83 overall and he's like a plus 35, which is kind of funny because wasn't he the guy that like when we traded for him, he'd never had a plus season in his life playing for Carolina? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, Fox really good. He's the guy, he's our best defender now two years running and it's not all that close. Mm. Um, Pareko's a problem, man. We chose to extend him when there was no reason to rush that when we didn't know about his health and he's not good this season and he wasn't good last season. He really hasn't been good in the absence of Jay Bomeister. That's what blows me away when they're like, we got to get someone to pair with them. And I'm like, I get that's what you. That's your problem right now. But the real problem is that he's your top pairing defense. Yeah, man. that's the problem. You keep acting like he's a, a top pairing guy, and he's like a a good middle pair. You know, like the gap between Joel Edmondson and and Colton Pareko, I don't think is as wide as we thought it was. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. And I not not to just crap on Pareko because he's probably a little better than we think he is than you and I think he is. Yeah. But he's not that good you know and he certainly doesn't have the offensive wherewithal to be the kind of true number one defenseman you look for in the modern age so it's just you know i've i've used this analogy a lot before but i'm gonna do it again ian it's the soup soup, (laughs) it's that goddamn soup (laughs) the soup is bad if you're one of the cats on, on on one of your first or second lives, and you haven't heard this analogy before, that the idea is like if you're making a soup and you put in all these ingredients and you take a taste of it and it tastes bad, you can't probably make that soup magically taste good again because you can't remove ingredients now. Now you've got a soup and it's just a soup and you're where you... Yeah, that's what it is. And you got to dump it out and start over. I don't think there's a piece... 
that you can add to this defense and suddenly it's like, oh, it's a good defense now. And especially because you're already pretty close to maxed out on what you can reasonably spend on a defense. Like even if you get rid of Marco Scandella, which one assumes they'll try to do in the summer, um, pay an asset to get rid of him. What can you do? Like, let's talk about Jacob Chikrin since everybody wants to talk about Jacob Chikrin. I think Jacob Chikrin is a fine defender. Maybe he's even a great defender. But does he come in and suddenly make Colton Pareko a shutdown guy again? I don't think so. Mm. I don't know. I don't think so, though. And when I we went back and forth on this with a couple people, like when. When you hear the price requested was three first-round pick pieces, mm-hmm. picks or equivalent pieces, that's too much. That's too much for any for almost any player. Right. And I know that's the I know that that's the, like the price right now. And come summer, it might be lower than that, or you know there might be a negotiation. But we're not giving two first-round picks and Jake Neighbors for Jacob Chikrin. It's just not. He's not that good. It's not happening. And if we did, that's a stupid trade. I was like, you really, you have to think of it like business terms. Because at that point, if you're kind of torpedoing your future quite a bit, unless you have some plan to recoup all mm-hmm. those, which I'm sure you don't that far out. But it's like, that's what you need to build. And you're really selling your owner on like, hey, man, we're trying to go for it with a team that also, that's the other thing. Jacob Trickland's like a go for it move, mm-hmm. like a go for it. And we are just too many levels behind the the cup contending competition to feasibly go for it. We have to make mm-hmm. like two, three moves. Yeah, and I least. think people get lost because we're like second in our division. We seem like a really good team. We're twelfth in the NHL in just points in the standings yeah. because that's how loaded the Eastern Conference is. The light in this room just went off. Because it's motion activated and it's not very good. <laughs> I thought we'd move plenty. I thought uh, the power went out. No, I think we're good. Hey, oh, okay. back. Power um, went out earlier on me today. Did it really? I said some bad words. Uh, but then yeah. it came back. During came the trade deadline on. and work. Not yeah. good. Uh, where were we? What was I saying? Our PDO, though, we are <laughs> five on five. We are first. We are number one in PDO. Uh, so. Uh, that I mean, like it's too high. Yeah, like if it's 1.023. That's not so. It's not high. terrible, or it's not whatever. But our expected everything's are in the twenties, yeah. and our actuals are in like the teens. Yeah. It's like not great. Yeah, and we are twelfth in the overall standings, which is what I was going to say. The East is so loaded. Like, um, okay, let's say we we can we can definitely beat Nashville or Minnesota in the first round. I'm not saying we will, but, but we definitely believable. Could. Yeah. I don't think we have a prayer in any series anywhere against the Colorado Avalanche. I don't think we could take it to six against the Colorado Avalanche. I was like, the way this team defends. But let's say, miracle upon miracle, we beat the Colorado Avalanche. You really are going to tell... That's halfway! That's halfway through the playoffs. Now we've got probably, probably the Calgary Flames. Mm. Or maybe the Vegas Golden Knights. Fully healthy, fully reloaded. Um, Or maybe... Maybe it's just two of the five best players in the world who have found their form and managed to survive two rounds of the playoffs. 
then we got to beat them, and we haven't even faced the best teams yet because they're all in the East. That's true. Like, it's just, and and again, it's like, be a good team. Be, you, you can't win every year. You can't be a cup team every yeah. year. That's fine. We get that. But it's just, it's shocking to me and striking to me how quickly everyone forgets how we built the last cup team. Because oh, yeah. I saw a lot of people today, I'm not trying to single anybody out, but a lot of people were like, we have to get Chikrin this year because how many more how many more swings do we have at the pinata? We're getting older. Our, our contracts are ne- are negotiated long term. We've got players leaving. Like this is it. This is our window, mm. and our window is close. And it's like, dude, we all thought 2017 was like the hard stop of oh, our window. Yeah, that Everyone agreed. Gross. We lost our captain. We lost another key forward. We didn't seem to have anywhere near the players that we needed to compete again. And you know what? We were mediocre for a couple of years. We made some tough decisions to trade guys that were expiring contracts. We sold even though we were semi-competitive because we didn't tell ourselves, well, you got to sell out now because it'll be even worse in three years. Mm-hmm. And then we won the cup in 2019. And even if the cup win was kind of a fluke, we still did it. And we still put ourselves in a position where we could do it. And it just seems like that's such so short-sighted now to be like, well, it's Jacob Chikrin or nothing. Mm-hmm. It's Jacob Chikrin or nothing. Like, no, who? nobody at last year's trade deadline was like, Pavel Buchnevich will be a blue in 2021-22. You just, you never know. And so when you convince yourself that this move is the only move that could happen, like, when have we ever... I guess we 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 knew we were in on O'Reilly, mm-hmm. but there was still some discussion. But like, how often do the Blues make the most obvious move? Yeah. Versus how often does Armstrong do something? And you're like, what the hell? You know, like the Justin Falk move. You can agree with it or not. I think I think you should now. I think it's pretty <laughs> pretty clear we won that trade. But like, um, that came out of friggin' nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, all our trade, a lot of our trades are either. You know, guys you sort of know are available but don't know the Blues are in on, or guys that you had no clue. Today's trade, perfect example. I never heard a word about the Blues and Nick Letty until Kevin Weeks was like the Blues just traded for Nick Letty. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I didn't love it, but I still was news to me. You know, so I just think, I think we're at this point now, and it it sucks because like you don't really ever want to be in this point, but I'm just kind of like. All right, we're not winning a cup this year, so we're just kind of winding down the season. And I hope there are some more memories. I hope there's more fun. I hope we, I'd love a deep playoff run because we've got nothing to lose, right? right? But like we didn't, we didn't make the mistake. I do give Armstrong credit. He didn't overpay for Ben Sherratt, who's not solving problems on this team. Um, he didn't pay an arm and a leg for Lindholm, who. I got excited about short term, but I don't think he's any more a solution than Jacob Chikrin is. Probably less of one. Um, you know, now we can just kind of bide our time, see how things pan out, and and go from there. But we've got—I'm sorry—I'm talking a lot. I'll shut up. <laughs> but like, when you talk about Chikrin, the last thing I'll say: we've already got what, like, nineteen and a half million committed to three defenders. Yeah, I'm taking Scandella out. You add Chikrin to that, it's 23-ish million, 23, 24 million. Um, that's not crippling. 
that's what a fourth of your cap a little little over a fourth Mm -hmm. then you add to that that we didn't trade huso which you would assume means we'd like to keep huso which means you're looking at probably nine to ten million for your two goalkeepers which would be one of the highest tandems in the league now you're talking about paying almost half of your set well three-eighths of your salary cap or more yeah. For two parts of your team that collectively aren't getting the job done. <laughs> and the year after that is when you need, I would estimate, $20 million minimum to extend Kyrie Thomas and O'Reilly. Kyrie's going to command $8 million a year. He just is. I mean, unless he just falls off the face of the earth next year. Right. He's having a season... He's gonna be. Le- he's leading our team in points. He's leading our team in goals. He might get a point per game. I don't think he's quite there. I was but, like, yeah, where is he at? Um, no, I think maybe he is. I think maybe he's above a point per game. Let's see. You find it. You're close. Okay. Um, yeah, 50, 60 points in fifty-seven games. So yeah. he's he's on pace. I know for like thirty-two goals and eighty-five points or so. When, you know, you look around the league at guys that have signed long-term contracts Mm -hmm. with not having demonstrated anywhere close to that level of output. I know, it's pretty much like... Brady Kachuk, Andrei Svechnikov are phenomenal players who I'd gladly take on their current deal, but, like, they've never actually proven it to that level. Right. So, a sweetheart deal for Jordan Kyrou is, like, $7.5 million. Like, there's no... There's no avoiding it. And Robert Thomas, maybe you can say he's a little bit less than that. But first of all, they came in at the same number this time. Mm-hmm. Probably keep him around the same number next time. And also, he's a one center. He's a young one center. Look at the contracts Sebastian Ajo just got without having a regular season ever as good as the one Robert Thomas is having right now. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at $15, 60000000 minimum for those two guys. And then O'Reilly... Which we can talk. I guess we can talk about now because I was shocked. I was shocked to find out this week that people don't think that keeping Ryan O'Reilly is a necessity, mm-hmm. which is just it's just baffling to me. Like I don't know how you get yourself to that point. I think people are really. Mentally. I think they're really in on this whole like the Blues are right on the edge of just falling apart. Like, yeah, this is it for us. And I and. Kind of to your point earlier, what you were just talking about with these players, like, can you not see, like, if we didn't have a Cairo, we didn't have a Thomas, I could see your point. I could definitely see this people's point where it's like, you know, do you sign Ryan O'Reilly? Do you just start over? Do you, you know, try and go for Chikrin and do one last hurrah and then, you know, that's it for us for a while. But, like, you have Jordan Cairo, you have Robert Thomas, you have these young guys, you've got Pavel Bushnevich to another, like, four or five years mm-hmm. or whatever it is. You've got Brendan Saad to that much. I know he's a little bit older too, but like you've got these guys, Braden Shen for another six years or whatever it is. But like you have a core. And, and by the way, all of those guys are doing pretty well. This yeah, season. yeah. These aren't people like people are talking about O'Reilly like he's taking a big step back. First of all, we know clearly that he had a very rough battle with COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I'm, I don't think I'm, breaking any news there am i like i i don't personally know i haven't talked to ryan o'reilly and he's said yeah covid hit me pretty hard but he went out 
for a week with COVID and look like a shell of himself for several right, months right. after coming back. I don't think it's that big a stretch. Um, and like, he's still got 40 points almost in 57 games and he's still an elite defensive forward. Like, I, you know, maybe he's having a step back, but I would be much more inclined to think he's going to rebound than a lot of other players. What blows me away too is that people think he's going to be, what's he make? 7.5? And I, we yeah. saw people that were like, he'll be asking for eight. And I was <clears> like, but he's not going to get eight from, honestly, anybody. Like, maybe. Maybe there's a team out there. Maybe there's a team that's like, we got the money for that. But I'm like, he's going to make less. If he gets not, eight, it'll be like three, yeah. four years I was like, it, He's not going to make significantly less. Probably but can, six. But yeah, you can get him in like the six million. And you know what? That's chill. Again, and it's all about term two. Whatever he's going to be, 33. I don't think anyone's given that dude eight years anyways. And I think oh, he knows sure. that and everyone else knows that. So you give him whatever. Three, four. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm being sentimental and all these people are really trying to be hardcore about this. So I'm like, you know what? He's good enough and he hasn't fallen off enough. And he's done enough for this team that I'm like, just give him the six for four years or whatever. And they're like, well, he's going to be terrible in year three and four. I'm like... I kind of just don't give a shit. That's what's crazy. Also, I don't think he will be because his game has never been about speed. Yeah. He's the hardest preparer in hockey. Yeah. Like, I, I really think this season, it's such a... <laughs> I've seen some, like, borderline demented takes from mm-hmm. Blues fans lately. It's been wacky out but there. But it's such... And I guess it's trade deadline season and full moon and all that. But, like... It's such a weird thing to look at this season, and and your biggest thought is Ryan O'Reilly's really fallen off. Like I don't, you know, like I just don't know how you get there. He's he's got thirty nine points. He's a plus eleven. He's elite defensively. He's not gonna have a sixty seventy point season, maybe, but he's still been fine. And he missed time with COVID, and I think he'll be back and better than ever eventually you know Braden Shin we're not talking enough about Braden friggin Shin this yeah. dude's got 39 points in 45 games uh friggin David Perron's on a world-class heater right now mm-hmm. like those guys are aging like fine wine I just and I and fundamentally on top of that like people are not making a big enough deal about Kyrie and Thomas mm-hmm. they're Turning into super like superstars before our eyes, especially Kyrou, but Thomas too. Especially now that he's found a little bit of scoring touch, like those guys are are a one and two that almost any team would love to build around. All right. And so you can say, well, we're screwed for the future, and it's like, no, we're not. How long? How long have the Bruins been good? Based on having two or three really good guys that are getting a lot older. Right. And they're always good every year, and they're probably going to be good until Bergeron retires. And then, you know what? They're the Bruins, so they'll probably just still somehow be good anyway. You know? Like, it's just... I don't know. I don't know. I think we're pretty pessimistic, but some of the takes I've seen out there this week are like, I feel like the sunshine's and ra- Sunshine and Rainbows guy. You know? Right. Like, people talk about we have no prospect pool and i'm like i mean it's not deep but like neighbors looks like he's pretty solid yeah bullduke looks like he could be something perunovich we haven't traded yet so they look good enough that you know armstrong said by name you know that doesn't want to trade those yeah. guys. so i'm like have some faith that's the thing is like there doesn't have to be there doesn't have to be this deep deep freaking valley after like you win a cup there yeah. doesn't have to be this big like oh well i guess five more years of rebuild for us that's like 
if you were so good and you went for it year after year after year, and if you guys like are just managed by a bad GM too, like Armstrong is good enough that this entire tenure we've never gone through like an actual valley. Like you said, mm-hmm. 16, 17, kind of rough, 17, 18, kind of rough, but we were never like terrible. And there's no reason that we need to be now, especially because we just, there's, you don't have to go for it. This team just doesn't have what it takes and that's okay, but don't like torpedo the future right. because you need freaking Jacob Chicker and who's not going to do anything that moves the needle like an inch for you. Yeah. And people are forgetting too, I think, and I, I don't want to see it happen really either, but by keeping Vladimir Tarasenko and not offloading him last year, mm-hmm. he's turned into an asset you're going to get a lot for. Right. You're going to probably get a first round pick for him this summer or a t- good prospect because he's going to be a 30 goal guy and, and mm-hmm. a almost point per game guy and 7.5 million still a lot for that, but a year to negotiate an extension or you give, mm-hmm. you do the old, Hey, talk to him early, pay us more, but you get the extension now. Like, right. That's a guy you're you can't keep him long term because he doesn't want to be here and you don't have the money for him anyway. But right. like you know, that's another guy you can get futures for. I just I guess I just don't think the th- situation is as bad long term. <laughs> it's weird. It's like it's not as bad long term as some people think, and it's definitely not as good short term as other people oh, think. Yeah. You know, like we are definitely nowhere near the contenders ranks this season for like serious cup contention but we're also definitely nowhere near like the end of an era screwed doom and gloom loaded all up for one last swing at the big thing you and i are even keeled yeah um i was gonna say armstrong (laughs) ian what's wrong you you got married you've thrown (laughs) the whole chemistry off (laughs) uh armstrong did have a quote on tarasenko like on tarasenko interest in talks like if teams were calling about him uh, he said, no, that Vladdy, the Vladdy thing went away very quickly when training camp came, became into play. He's having a great year. That hasn't been an issue, and it wasn't an issue for anyone, quite honestly, all year. Um, which is just like, that's n- nice, but I'm also like, does that mean you're not going to trade him? He doesn't want to be traded? Yeah. Because that's not what you said. So, I think you have uh, to trade him this summer unless you're completely sure. Yeah, yeah. That's another. I had a debate. If you, unless you've completely buried that hatchet, yeah. like it's just. Unless, kind of a well, given. unless he's like buried to the point that he's signing an extension. Oh yeah, I yeah. That's think. what I mean. Like, and I don't, and I again, I don't think we can afford to sign him to an extension. Right. We, I had this another debate I have with a guy this week, and if you're listening, respect. I'm not trying to call anyone out, but like somebody was trying to argue that Tarasenko was more important than O'Reilly. Oh yeah. I was just like, what the, what, what is happening? That may that was probably never true, but it may have been true once upon a time when Tarasenko was still elite and we had no other goal scorers. We got seven guys, literally seven guys that are going to be 20 goal scorers this season. Literally seven. <laughs> We've got Cairo, who already is, Peron, who already is, Tarasenko already is, Buchnevich, <laughs> Barmashev, the lights go out. I don't think this, I don't think this lamp likes Nick Weddy, I got to be honest with you. Um, we are not moving enough. We are that even keeled. <laughs> uh, Buchnevich has 19. He needs one more. Barbashev has 19. He needs one more. Sod 18. Shin 17. And then Ryan O'Reilly and, and Robert Thomas are already both in double digits. Like, I'm sorry. Tarasenko is not providing a skill set we don't have right now. Um, and we need room for a forward like Neighbors to come in, too. So... 
he's a very tradable asset and I imagine there will be pretty high interest in him. And I don't think you can afford to keep him beyond next year anyway. So like that's a player you probably have to move on from and get some assets for. But mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about the Blues. Do you have anything else you want to say about them before we whip through some of these other moves? Man, I tell and you. By what, some of these, I mean literally every other trade. Every <laughs> trade, we're gonna have we're gonna have a little take on every trade. Um, you know, I think we have twenty one games left. We're three quarters of the way through the season. I kind of, at this point, like, you know they're going to make the playoffs unless they fall off real hard. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. it's possible. So at this point, I, I really kind of don't care about, like, wins and losses. I'm sort of more interested in, like, how they look overall. Because this is, like, the 20 games to tighten up the defense and actually possibly look like a playoff team. And if they're stumbling in there, maybe, this is not 2014 where they get the fun two wins. You know, mm-hmm. like, ooh, we got the grit. We got the sandpaper. We ain't got that. We ain't got... Either they're scoring or we're dying. That's that's it for this team. I'm um, scoring or I'm dying. So I'm I'm very interested to see how they look. Like they play Washington tomorrow in Washington with Nick Letty. With Nick Letty, who's not wearing number two, despite Jim Thomas's reports. I hope he wears like '86. Yeah. Real gross. Jim Thomas said, "I lo- I really like Jim Thomas. Yeah. He's a very nice man." But like he said, um. Well, that's what it is on the boys' website, and it's like, yeah, because that hasn't been updated yet. <laughs> yeah, but um, they play Philly on Thursday. I think I would be at that game. They should beat Philly. Philly without Drew, you know, demoralized. But Lord knows, Lord knows that's gonna be a drubbing the other way. Um, it'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see how the goaltending uh, tandem plays out here too. It'll be interesting to see if Bennington kind of he's looked good the last. Four or five of his starts, you know, his stats mm-hmm. are pretty good. Better so, than Billy Husso in the last That's five. right. I'm just curious to see how they deploy them down the stretch and then who gets to start in the playoffs. Um, I mean, at this point, I'm guessing it's Husso because they're like, why, why not? But Bennington's got the playoff, you know, track record, even though it's been two first-round bounces after the Cup. So we'll see. It'll be it'll be intriguing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so without further ado... We dive in to the other trades. The deadline. That's right. The deadline. Do you got music for that? If I did, we just pause long enough to play it, so the people will have heard it. Well, I hope you like it. The bones are the <laughs> so are the worms. Okay. So I hope you like that new original track played right. at, uh, from the Dole Plantation. That's right. <laughs> if you go visit the Dole Plantation in the middle of Oahu and mm-hmm. they ride the little train straight out and then it literally turns around, hairpin turn, and goes right back and they tell you about all things you can, they plant there, namely pineapple and whatnot. Um, they play some music for you and they tell you it's exclusively available at the Dole Plantation. And it is an actual band that says this is their exclusive record at the Dole Plantation. That's what Jeff Merrick needs to play at the end of the next <laughs> Yes! <laughs> yes! Coming to you this week, we've got a little band from the island of Oahu playing uh, copyrighted music for the Dole Plantation. And here is the Banana Hammocks. Oh, he was so happy that it was... Uh, Alex, Alexis on fire or whatever did this I, past week. Did I tell so you happy. the banana hammock story? I did, right? You did. Okay, good, 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 good. 
well, people, I already told the end, so now you don't. You can't. You don't need You to fill know. in the blanks. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I couldn't remember if I told you that because it was on your wedding day, and it was like, Ian's got more important stuff going on, but I'm glad that I did. Are you got to. <laughs> All right, well, now I got to tell people. <laughs> uh, all right, so the morning of Ian's wedding, I went, Strap in, folks. I went across the street and got breakfast. And there was this like sixth floor patio at the hotel, which was a very nice place to eat breakfast. You could overlook the little canal and it's, you know, Hawaii's got nice weather, folks. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> just, that's just the way it is. So I was eating out there and... An old man kind of shuffles past me. I'm not thinking anything of it much. And he takes off his shirt. And even still, I'm like, okay, this is fine, whatever. And then he strips <laughs> off his shorts and he's full on banana hammock. Just nothing nothing going on uh, but the old man thong. And you know what? Good for him, I guess. <laughs> Who am I to judge? But uh, he did do it like right in front of me. So I was like, a little discretion. You're like you're like seventy eight years old. You're older than the sun, man. That's right. So um, soak up some rays and all. I'm not gonna hate, but maybe <laughs> just a little discretion. So as I'm leaving to go up the elevator back to the thirty eighth floor, I had uh, I got on with a group of people, um, which is like the first time I've rid- ridden elevators in groups in like three years, which is very right. strange. Um, and there's this kind woman, but he's, you know, you know what, you know, these kind of like jumpy middle-aged women that are like, they're always, they're almost like swaying. It's like a USC fight. They're like swaying oh, in their yeah, feet. Too much energy. They're always doing stuff. And, uh, I, I don't know for sure it was a banana hammock guy, but an older European. And let me emphasize that again, distinctly European man got on this elevator <laughs> And she's talking to him, and he's talking back, and and she he doesn't really understand English like fluently, and she certainly doesn't understand what he's saying fluently. But she's complaining about Mondays, which is a, like supposed to be, I guess, a joke because like we're all on Hawaii, uh, but maybe she does have a lot going on. I don't know because. Also, I think that hotel, like, some permanent residents live yeah, there. Yeah, I believe so. Um, but anyway, it's a whole conversation. They're going back and forth. And then when they get off, that guy's exit is first. And so, once again, European man, 75-year-old European man, is about to get off the elevator. And this woman very sincerely puts her hand together, bows, and says, Arigato, <laughs> as he gets <laughs> off. And I just thought, ma'am, that's not the language he speaks. I can't tell you for sure whether he speaks Italian or Spanish at this juncture, but I know he doesn't speak that. Uh, And it was fantastic. It was one of my best moments of the trip, honestly. (laughs) You know, the wedding better than that, but that was a highlight. Barely, though. Yeah, barely. If your uh, officiant had said, Arigato. <laughs> I might have been more into it. He only used Hawaiian words. That's right. And English. And I remember one of those words. And guess what? It's the one I already knew. <laughs> Although I do remember that Oh No is delicious, which I thought was funny because it's like saying, Oh No! <laughs> did you like your food? Oh No! <laughs> no, no, wait. I did. I loved it. Anyway, let's move on to the trades. Oh, there's a lot to get through. It's going to be rapid fire, Ian. We gotta move. We gotta move. Wiki wiki. That's another. That's another Hawaiian word. 
Colorado Avalanche trade for Josh Manson, giving up a second round pick, and Drew Hellison, fine. That's Probably fine. one of the underrated moves of the deadline because it didn't cost a lot. Good defender, and they brought him in the fold. They then cleared up some calf room, trading roasty, roasty, toasty Tyson Josty to the <laughs> Minnesota Wild for Nico Sturm, which is convenient because Avs correspondent Jordan already has like six Nico Sturm autographs through no oh, effort really? of his own. So hopefully he becomes I, a real star for I them. I saw a tweet that said Nico Sturm is really into eating clean, and they were like, oh, he's going to fit him mm. perfectly. That's why McKenna made them trade for him. Mm-hmm. This guy will set an example for these other fucks. <laughs> uh, the Florida Panthers gave up Frank Vetrano for a fourth-round pick to the New York Rangers. The Montreal Canadiens traded Ben Schrott. Big move. Florida Panthers give up Tyler Similanic, a first-round pick in 2023. A better draft, I've been told many times. Very deep. Than 2022. And a fourth-round pick in 2022. Uh, that's too much to pay for Ben Sherrod. They set the market really high. Yeah. I got, I got to give Kent Hughes credit, man. That is... That is master negotiation. When you see what Marty Ordano went for, which we'll talk about shortly, yeah, that is all just setting your market and being like, "This is they all through the press, all through the media." They just said, "This is a top defenseman that people want to trade for." Mm-hmm. I'd like to talk to you both about an exciting <laughs> opportunity that people are talking about. Um, <laughs> that's that's basically how they sold teams on Ben Sherratt. And they said that they'd only accept a first-round pick, which was ludicrous. They should have accepted a fourth-round pick for Ben Sherratt. Yeah. And they got the job done, and they got a prospect on top of it. So The fact that they got two other things that said a first-round pick for him I- is... Insanity. I, I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. I'll just say the fact that they got two other things outside of a fourth round pick yeah. is even crazier. That's right. I don't know much about Tyler Smolanik, except I do know he's a U.S. player, which probably means he'll be very good in Montreal mm. and then driven out of town. <laughs> That's um, true. <laughs> Calgary Flames quickly thereafter traded a second round pick, a third round pick, and a seventh round pick for Callie Yarncroke. I think that's also what they would have had to surrender if they'd signed an RFA for like $3 million. Mm. <laughs> so there you go. Um, this is the best deal of the deadline. And I think for both teams. At first I was like, why did this team trade him? Mm. And then on the other hand, I was like, why did this team pay so much to acquire him? And now I'm like, both teams, great work. A plus. <laughs> the right. Chicago Blackhawks traded Brandon Hagel and two fourth-round picks to the Tampa Bay Lightning for two first-round picks, 23 and 24, as well as Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish, who are mostly, you know, body and, and salary compensation. Right. Um, I just think this is a home run for both teams. We'd talk a little bit, I guess, about the Blackhawks and Taves' comments, but, like, the only way you trade a guy like Brandon Hagel is if you're getting this kind of return. And listen, I think Brandon Hagel's fine, but he wasn't even like a draftee. He was right. like a guy that Sabres cut that they rehabbed and made into a, a good 20-goal scorer. They get two first-round picks for him, which is a king's ransom. That's nuts. But on the flip side, the Lightning know that those first-round picks are probably 25 or above easily. Mm. And... Brandon Hagel is exactly the kind of player they need to replace the guys that they lost, like Blake Coleman, like Yanni Gord, like 
the other one. Mm. Um, <laughs> who is the other one? Uh, Goodrow. Goodrow. <laughs> Goodrow. And he's controlled for $1.5 million per year for this season and two more. That's probably as long as they can expect their cup window to be open for anyway. Mm. I just think it's like the perfect marriage between two teams and the perfect price to acquire. Right. I think it was like the smartest thing for both of them. Mm. And it was like, excellent, excellent. Yeah. And of course, the lightning would be done because they have no more cap space. So how could they possibly add more players? So we all thought. No, I don't think any of us actually thought. Uh, Nicholas Delorier goes to the Minnesota Wild for a third round pick. Then on Saturday, we talked about the scuttlebutt about Hampus Lindholm uh, ends up taking a first round pick, a second round pick in 2023, a second round pick in 2024, John Moore and Urho Vakanainen. And they retained 50% of Lindholm's salary. Uh, Boston, that was too much. That's a lot. I know that they got rid of the John Moore contract as well, um, but uh, still not great. I don't know. I, I don't know. It just strikes me as too much. I mean, I like what they signed Lindholm for eventually. Like 6.5 yeah. for Lindholm feels like the like. The most appropriate for him mm-hmm. compared to some of our defensemen at six point five million. Yeah, um, I was kind of bummed out that we didn't get him, but that's only because for like you said, an hour it was like Boston and St. Louis are connected to Lindholm, and there was lots of tweets about it. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, this could be it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Boston's defensive core looks like these days. Is it really that? Was it struggling that badly? Do they have that big a hold that they had to pay all that much to fill it? Like. I know they don't have Chara there anymore. Obviously, we have Krug here. Um, they've got Brendan Carlo and Charlie McAvoy and some other people. Matt Grizzlick. So, mm-hmm. if those are the only three I can name, I guess maybe they needed another dude. Yeah. Possibly. But still a lot. Did the Anaheim Ducks, in fact, already trade John Moore to the Vegas Golden Knights? Because that's what Cap Friendly says. Stay tuned, folks. We may get to a trade later on. Who is this between? Ducks and Golden Knights. Didn't they say they were trying to get Dadunov? Yeah, but that's also maybe falling apart because Dadunov claims that the Ducks were on a 10-team no-trade list that he submitted. Did did he submit it in time? I read something where they're like, but... Like, did he submit it in time? And I was like, but apparently that as long as you, if you didn't submit it in time, that's your fault because that's the old Patrick Berglund clause, baby. Um, Let's talk about the worst trade of, of the worst job of a trade. Surprise, surprise. Close through the um, prize pick of a forward of this year. Goes to Connor Bunneman, goes to Connor Bunneman, goes along with Connor Bunneman, German Rubsoff. What's a Rubsoff means? And a fifth round pick. I don't know why they had to give up those three extra assets. Uh, for a first round pick in 2024, I, I keep forgetting that part, and it keeps being like an extra little kick in the nuts. Yeah. Uh, a third round pick in 2023, and Owen Tippett, who was once a very, is Dave Tippett's son, maybe, I think? Son or, or nephew. nephew. Um, was once a very promising young prospect. But he's 23 now. He's a ginger. And I don't he know. Sucks. I just don't think he's going to be like a star. Right. Uh, and they retained 50% of Drew's salary. This is 
real bad. And I heard, I've we've all heard the reports that Giroux didn't want to go anywhere else right. and didn't want to, wouldn't approve a trade anywhere else. I, God, what the? <laughs> this light hates Alexa, you. turn on the light. Yeah, it is okay. I want it on. Good. Um, I don't know. You just got to play the situation better somehow. That's just so bad. I mean, you what is it? Like a third round pick's nothing. And like you said, the first round pick's not this draft, not next draft, but two drafts from Did now. Did Chuck Fletcher tell these guys, like, yeah, he's only going to accept you guys. So just lowball <laughs> so as do much it. as you want. <laughs> just do whatever you want. Oh, boy. It's... Chuck Fletcher in the running for worst GM. Oh, he's so bad. He's so bad. We are going to talk about Pierre Dorian's contributions shortly, yeah. and that's also bad. But I don't get that. The Florida Panthers, what a wagon this season. Also got Ooh. Robert Haig for a six-round pick. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs swooped in right as I was, I literally hit schedule on a post about why Mark Giordano might be the solution the Blues need. And then I flipped to Twitter and read Mark Giordano going to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Fantastic. Thanks, Kyle. Um, second, two seconds and a third going back. This is a really good trade for Toronto. They have no more picks and they're not going to win this year. So in that respect, it's a bad trade. But in the respect of this is a guy that really solves their one of their big needs, yeah. uh, good trade. But they don't have any goaltending, so bad trade again. <laughs> um, you guys really could have swooped in on that Mark-Andre uh, Fleury conversation, couldn't you? Oh, uh, yeah. Just try harder, Kyle. I... I like Mark Giordano for their team. I would have liked Mark Giordano here. I think he helps any team out. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think they improved as much as the teams around them, mm-hmm. especially like Flor- like both Tampa Bay and Florida, I think, got significantly better. Mm-hmm. I think Boston, obviously, adding one home got better. Giordano moves your moves the needle a bit. Colin Blackwell is like a fourth liner. I think they said they wanted a fourth liner, right? Because they were pretty much like, we love Jason Spezza. We love, uh, what's the other guy? What's the other guy? What's the other old guy? The other Wayne one? Simmons. We love Wayne Simmons. <laughs> we love Spets and Simmons. They're great, but also character people. They're not, <laughs> they're not very good anymore, and they're very old. So they're like, we also need to actually have a player on the fourth line. I It addresses their it addresses needs they have. It doesn't address their biggest need. But, uh, <laughs> you know, losing. that's kind of what you want to do at the trade deadline. You kind of want to address your biggest need. Mm-hmm. But if there wasn't any embarrassment to be had, the Ottawa Senators quickly absorbed it by trading a third-round pick for Travis Hamonick, a player that you should be paying, that the Canucks should be paying you to take away. Who they then talked about extending? <laughs> no, Did they? I think so. Is he close to the end of his kind? I don't even know, man. This is what like, happens when you let Pierre Maguire have influence in an organization. Man, wrong. But, you know, Ian, the analytics, you can't trust him. That's right. I bet Travis Samnick's a heart player. I'm sure. He's I mean, he's not going to win the heart, the tra- but he's, <laughs> he does have a heart. I bet he's a Norris player and yeah. that he once knew a guy named Norris. <laughs> Um, he has a cat God, named Mrs. That, Norris. That trade's so bad. 
Uh, the Kings got Troy Stetcher for a sixth, seventh round pick. I thought Troy Stetcher was like supposed to be Decent. like all right. So like yeah. a seventh round seems really yeah. Should have swooped in and gotten that. Vancouver Canucks acquired Travis Dermott for a third round pick. Now that's the trade I wish the Blues had made. They want to move a Travis I like, I don't for think, a Travis. I don't think Travis Dermott's all that good, but Travis Dermott's better than Nick Weddy, I would say. Um, but we'll see. I'm gonna I'm give Nick Weddy his chance. And uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning were not done. They acquired Nick Paul for Matthew Joseph. The you know better than Logan, better than the <laughs> other one. What's the other one? Jake. Yeah. Uh, this is Nick Paul um, for Matthew Joseph in a fourth round pick. But now, at least now, we can be sure that Tampa Bay is done. They're not going to make any more moves. They're not going to make any more moves. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's inconceivable. Scott Wedgwood and a conditional fourth swap places. That was a weird way to say that. <laughs> Dallas gets Scott Wedgwood for a conditional fourth. Um, Jeremy Lauzon goes to the Seattle Kraken. Goes from the Seattle Kraken to the Nashville Predators for a second. Good move there. Uh, Mason Appleton goes back to the Winnipeg Jets for a fourth round pick. Seattle loading up. They're not going to have any players to ice, but yeah. they'll have all the picks. That's right. Arizona traded Vancouver's second round pick to the Wild for the rights to Jack McBain. Nathan Bellew went to the Pittsburgh Penguins from Winnipeg Jets for a conditional seventh round pick. The Arizona Coyotes took Brian Little's contract and Nathan Smith just for a fourth round pick, or they got, they gave up a fourth round pick. But I guess they really like Nathan Smith. They got a couple of college free agents that wouldn't sign with their current teams. That will they, sign with the my Coyotes. I guess Winnipeg versus Arizona, maybe, but Man. Minnesota versus Arizona. Man, Winnipeg, what a rough sell that maybe, Arizona can have like a better sell like sales pitch. Maybe Arizona can just be like, "How's four million dollars?" You went to college. How about playing at a college again? (laughs) Would you like to keep playing at a college? Keep the dream alive. (laughs) Good God, I'm falling out of my chair. Um, Yeah, that would be that would be the only pitch they've got. (laughs) Marcus Johansson goes back to the Washington Capitals. Uh, Daniel Sprong still in the league goes to the Seattle Kraken (laughs) around along with a fourth and sixth round pick. The big headline of the day, Marc-Andre Fleury goes to the Minnesota Wild for a conditional second-round pick that would become a first-round pick if they get into the conference final, so it's a second-round pick. (laughs) That was cool. How'd you feel about that happening? I'm happy for Marc-Andre Fleury to get out of uh, Chicago. I mean, it sounds like essentially he was hoping they would be a playoff contender, and obviously they're not, (laughs) so... I think Russo had a tweet where basically they were like, hey, the Blackhawks played the Wild the other day, and Fleury told us today that when he was in Minnesota, he was like, man, I could play here. This would be great. I don't know why you'd say that about such a sterile <laughs> environment, but, you know, hey. Man, I can play here. Wow, they got an ice rink and everything. Um, it's not a college hockey rink. <laughs> We're not mainlining PCP anymore. <laughs> I think good for both teams is like he wasn't going to stay there anyways yeah. after this year. You get something for him. It's at least the second. And uh, Flurry will Flurry's a great improvement over Capo Kekman, who they then also moved to the San Jose Sharks for Jacob Middleton. Also a nice little move for both teams. Mm. It also sounded like Flurry said something along the lines of like wasn't ruling out signing a another you know one year or whatever with minnesota if it worked out this year mm-hmm. um i tell you what i might get a mark andre Fleury minnesota wild jersey the away jersey mm-hmm. 
but I might get one. Or, or the reverse if the reverse retro is good. But the last one sucks. Yeah, the last one wasn't great. Just get just use the North Star logo. The NHL's got to figure that shit out. I know, right? You can't. That belongs Dallas to the Dallas can't Stars. Own the North Stars logo. That's horseshit. Mike Medano was a Dallas <laughs> Star, and the um, Arizona Coyotes presumably own the Winnipeg Jets logo. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, because the Winnipeg Jets have all the Atlanta Thrashers stuff. But then the Winnipeg Jets are allowed to use their logo, That's the old logo on their like true. on their third jersey. So I'm like, oh, what's up, sure. man? I don't know. They should use their reverse retro should be Thrasher's colors. That'd be sick. Oh yeah. <laughs> just, but just like the current logo and stuff, but just Thrasher's colors. That'd be sick. The Thrasher's jersey where it has a weird like one arm is a normal arm and the uh-huh. other arm has like a stripe going all the way down it. Real gross looking, but I I love it. It's this it's, one right here. Yeah, oh, when they're wearing it, it oh, just looks baby, yeah. it looks trash. <laughs> it looks, yeah, it looks oh, very. Like, remember that third Ooh, monstrosity? Yeah. I don't even know. That looks like a weird like Florida. Man, Panthers how did this offshoot. team not succeed? They looked so good. Oh, <laughs> uh, that logo though, their logo. Does that, does that ever feel like a fever dream to you that the Atlanta Thrashers were a team? For a chunk of our lives. I think it's a fever dream more in the extent that I really wasn't paying that much attention when they were yeah. around. So maybe for like two seasons when I was really starting to get back into hockey, they were a team. Uh-huh. And I'm kind of like, why would they have a team in Atlanta? And they're like, don't worry, we made a mistake. And they instantly moved them. Uh, you know, third time's a charm, I say. I get it. It's a huge market. You would think you could tap it for some hockey, but... Maybe the, in this day and age, with how they do expansion drafts, maybe they would have a better shot at it, but they had the old, like, 2000s expansion draft rules, which is just, like, you get everyone's, like, seventh liner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, bring bring yeah. hockey back to Hotlanta. You gotta think they would do it again, though. I mean, Move Arizona there, baby. A huge city, you know? Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers... Sent Justin Braun to the New York Rangers for a third. Brett Kulak went to the Edmonton Oilers. That's about all the Oilers did because they suck. Alex Biega, future considerations. The Predators get Biega. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs get considerations, comma, future. Um, Braden Burke and Frederick Allard. Who cares? I don't know. Uh, Josh Brown goes from the Ottawa Senators. They got rid of all the Brown people. <laughs> in the space of oh, hey, 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 oh, oh, hey. hey, they got Connor hey. Brown still, yeah. Do they really? They had so. three Browns, they had so many. <laughs> that's, that's a diverse every team. time I thought they were trading Connor Brown. Yeah. When I thought we were getting Connor Brown, I was like, Who's Logan Brown? Who's Josh Brown? Are any of these Browns related in no, any way? No. Anyway, they get back Zach Sinchin, who is apparently a local fella and a fifth round pick, so that's cool. Arturi Lekkonen, uh, this I would say this is an underrated move, but man, Justin Barron's a stud. That's to like give a up. good player, yeah. Yeah, that's the guy we wanted to draft last year when we got neighbors and they took him one pick before us. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm confident that's who we wanted to get. And they gave up a second round pick. I man, they better win a cup. I guess the other the logic there is Barron doesn't really have a place to play on their stacked defensive core, but true. Oof, that's a lot. Um, Johan Larson. To the Washington Capitals, I swear to God, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I know. I seriously, I seriously thought it was like Marcus Johansson. I was going to make something like, didn't they already 
Get him. We already covered this. Uh, here's someone I do know who it is. Zach Sanford. Hey, uh, Winnipeg Jet now acquired oh, for man. the price of a fifth round pick. I would honestly rather be on the Ottawa Senators right now than the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, that's probably true. I feel bad. There's a sinking ship. Andrew Cogliano, he can give them the old guy who needs a cup narrative, although he must have won one. He's been around right. for a thousand years. Um, fifth round pick for him. Andrew Cobb, they're still working out the return. I think we've got it now, but it's real Do weird. It. Do Andrew Cobb. Andrew Cobb. Andrew Cobb. So, yeah, this is a weird situation here. This is the situation Ed, fluid. Ed Gosh. Ed Gosh. All right. All right. Here's what happened. Here's the trick. Here's the trip. You ready for this All shit? Right. You ready for this shit? The so they got Morgan Barron for sure. And then they got a 2002 second round pick. The condition on the second round pick is that it upgrades to a first round pick if the Rangers win two playoff rounds and cop plays 50% of their games. They also have their choice of our 2022 second round pick. Or the Rangers 2023 fifth round pick. And I believe, just judging based on this, this will function like... Why would they ever take... Oh, sorry. They had the choice of our second or the 2023 second for the Rangers. And then they also got a fifth round Uh. pick. But um, I believe this will function like... You remember back when the Ottawa Senators had... um, had to either choose that draft that year or give the pick to the um, Avalanche, I think, on the Duchesne trade. Oh, yeah. And I think yeah, they yeah, did yeah. draft him, and then they lost, like, Kale McCarr or somebody really good That's as right. a result, maybe Bell and Byram. Um, I think, and the, and basically, they could have, like, walked up to the stage pretty much and been like, yeah, we're not picking enjoy Colorado I hope this is the exact same way where they're like the Winnipeg Jets are on the clock and they're just like no No thanks they're fast hard pass that's right breaking news uh, Nick Letty will be wearing number four oh that makes a lot more sense Jim Thomas says I have been informed by the Blues that Letty will wear jersey number four you can all step back from the ledge good night Uh, then someone tweeted out Carl Gunnarsson scoring uh, the overtime goal. That's Carl Gunnarsson's number. You can't take number four. People get real weird about numbers. That jersey was still warm. <laughs> and it still looked good because Carl Gunnarsson been that. That's right. Nick Letty, a real downgrade. Although I think he's a man rocket. He's a man Nick rocket. Letty to me is the new Eric Brewer. That's right. I'm going to yell at his wife in the stands. That's right. Oh, boy. Uh, Nate Schnarr and Andrew Hammond. Wow. Tyler Mott. Uh, what a trade. New York Rangers for a fourth round pick. Derek Brassard has been on every team in the NHL. This time it's the Edmonton Oilers for a fourth round pick. Ricard Raquel, the d- return was still TBD. Let's see if we can get that one. Uh, the Ducks got a bunch of picks. Or a bunch of, like, players? Yeah, I think they got a bunch of players. Let's see. They got... Dominic Simon, Zach Aston Reese, Callie Klang, who we talked about earlier, and and a second round pick and retained 35%. Callie Klang is a goalie, yeah. 
He might be. That's the best goalie. Oh, yeah. Kelly Klang, baby. I would need that. I need those posters, friends. Klang, the Klang, Ma- Klang. <laughs> the Max Domi trade is too convoluted to possibly explain. But the Florida ball somehow. How, somehow did Florida become the, yeah, we'll take some of your salary cap team. Yeah, Our right? all teams, Florida's Aren't like, yeah, whatever. Um, Ryan Carpenter finally went from the Blackhawks to the Flames for a fifth. Anthony Batetto swapped places with Nick Merkley. The end of an era. Uh, <laughs> the Riley Nash went for future future considerations to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have now completed a new three-headed monster third line because you thought they were done, but they weren't. That's it. Nick Paul, Riley Nash, and uh, the guy from... What's the guy's name? Yeah, I can't from, remember it's now. Called, Hagel, Hagel. Brandon Hagel. Hagel, Hagel. Uh, they're all going to be overpaid the next time they're free agents. Vlad Nemesnikov went from Detroit to Dallas, and we are supposedly still expecting Evgeny Dadanov to go to to the Vegas or go to the Ducks, but that remains to be seen officially. Oh, there you go. It says uh, Elliot Freeman three minutes ago. Dadanov trade is now officially an NHL NHLPA issue. <laughs> Players adamant no trade list was filed on time. Oh wow. boy. There we go. It's fun. It's ha- almost hard to believe Vegas would fuck over a player for yeah, that right? reason, right? They've been so good to their players. Cool. So that's it, folks. That's the trade deadline. Uh, most of the contenders got better in some significant way. We have talked at length ad nauseum about uh, the St. Louis Blues trade for Nick Letty. Do you have anything else you'd like to say? Seattle has all the picks now. Um, we talked about that too. Anything else you'd like to cover before we get out of here? Man, I'm a, you know I'm I'm excited. I'm ready for the playoffs, baby. Skip these next twenty games. I'm just ready. I like we said. I don't really think the Blues are gonna make much noise, but I'll be interested in watching them because last time they were in the playoffs and they got swept by Colorado, I was in uh, Hawaii looking at wedding venues, That's so true. I kind of didn't care as much. Um, I feel like I'll care a lot more this year watching them. They'll still get swept. Uh, still get swept. <laughs> um, but I'm interested. I think I think with what Minnesota's done, they're actually going to try and challenge Colorado a little bit, and that's exciting. Because um, I like to see that. They had, they've had like at least one banger mm-hmm. of a first round before. I don't think they'll meet in the first round this time, but that'd be fun. I'm, I'm interested to see what Calgary will do. And then there's all those, there's just those juggernauts out east. Um, I'm pumped. I'm ready. That's right. Let's go! That's... <laughs> That's right. Uh, you got. We do have a few questions about your nuptials, Ian. Oh my god! First of all, what song did you dance to? Oh, our first dance yeah. song. It's "Hold On" by Michael Bublé. Oh, okay. I, I heard that, and I was like, I know this song, but I don't really know. We what it lightly is. choreographed a dance. It was pretty nice. It was pretty well done, yeah. folks. It was pretty professional. I got some photos from that little number. <laughs> you were the second or third most impressive dancer of the night, though, because yeah. you did bring a fire dancer out, That's which right. was insane. That man was fully on fire. Yeah, I was, I was a little scared. Yeah. Well, he almost threw the fire at you at one point, too. Uh, and you were like, no, thank you. I was really like, do I stand up and move away? Or do I or do I not I'd not move? Yeah. It was like, it was one of those things where like, don't move and you'll be fine. But if you move a little, you could die. Yeah. He, mo- he moved away. He moved that's away. Right. That's right. 
Uh, Justin, well, I assume it's Justin because we were both here and didn't tweet from the other account, asks, <laughs> where was he Saturday around 6? Thanks, I guess because we lost to the Blue Jackets when we're blaming that on the wedding curse. Yeah. But that was after the wedding. Uh, you were already back by then. Yeah, yeah. Or was it they played someone that Saturday or Sunday? They, they played, played like the Winnipeg. Jets that Sunday yeah. and lost. Yeah, for sure. But have we but... lost three in a row? Huh, we sure have. I'll be darned. <laughs> Look at us, folks. We're not even that angry about it. It's fine. It's fine. Maybe that's why I didn't go take a big swing. Well, that's because, what, New York Rangers, we beat them while I was gone. Uh, We beat Nashville. You did your your episode on Nashville. Uh So we we were looking. We weren't terrible. We didn't go 0 for 5 or whatever. That's right. Um, And then finally, Jeff Ponder asks, how did you propose and why did you not propose to Steve? (laughs) I'm flabbergasted these questions. I gotta come up with a big lie, uh, <laughs> real quick. Uh, I proposed uh, at the the botanical gardens in November of 2020. Yikes! Man, has it been that long? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Good lord, yeah. Um, during Garden Glow or whatever, oh, when they were doing all that very stuff. Classic. There's a, you know, you can only walk one way, or you could only walk one way at that point because mm-hmm. COVID. And Lord knows if you walk backwards, people will get COVID. That's right. <laughs> so you, gotta walk, you can only walk one way. Um, and there's like a big gazebo. I think they used to do a thing where you get to write like a little note to Santa there. Mm-hmm. Um, last time we went there last year, it was like just a drink stop. Like you converted my my romantic area into a drink stop, um, and it's now brought to you by Come and Go. <laughs> my story is that I scouted this out with my sister a couple nights before, and I was like, "This would be a good spot," and I didn't want to have too many people around. I don't mind people watching, but not you know too many people. And we sat down there the day of the proposal with my now, uh, I guess, brother and sister in law, um, and there was a group across from us. And it was like a lot of people. It was uh-huh. like 20 people that all knew each other and had like their children with them. And I remember hearing them say, one of them be like, we should move on. You know, we got to keep moving. And then like a huge amount of them going, nah, let's just chill here for a while. And I was like, oh God, no. Because I can't keep her sitting here for like 20 minutes. She's gonna be like, let's move. And I'm like, don't move. This is, <laughs> I've got a thing I got to do. <laughs> I mean, I could do this anywhere. You can propose anywhere there. Uh-huh. But this is where, this is the best place. It's bigger. It's more open. Thankfully, like 90% of this group left eventually pretty uh-huh. quick. And it was just two of them there. And there, I saw more people coming, like, you know, within a minute. And I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> and, I still rem- and, and I still remember hearing the guy was talking to the girl behind me. And I remember turning around and she knew like instantly, like this girl behind me. And I hear her like smacking him and going, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like... <laughs> And I had to keep a straight face because I was like, okay, now I got to propose. But I just remember being, I kind of wanted to turn around and like wake up and be like, that's right. <laughs> You're going to be here for a special moment. Oh, that's too good. And then people at the garden that were like, I guess had watched because I uh-huh. wasn't paying attention anymore somewhere else, like congratulated me later. And I'm like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> but thanks. Did they broadcast this? Um, <laughs> it was very nice that my parents were there like somewhere else because I was like, you guys should come, but don't like hang around. She'll know something's up. So. Yeah. That's it was fun. It was a good time. What a story. Uh, Why well, didn't propose to Stephen? Uh, Stephen wasn't there. So <laughs> Stephen would have been there. It would have been a toss-up. Yeah. I would have flipped, I would have flipped the, the ring in the air and I would have said, oh. Oh, sorry. My life is in the balance. <laughs> and it would have frozen when it was like 
just landing yeah. and we would have faded to crap. I was like, a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Executive producer, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, There's been a murder. That was a fun story to end on, Ian. You ready to get out of here? I am. Giving these folks an hour and a half of content. We'll be back in the future. I don't know when. Maybe Thursday? Probably later. But we're here now. So we're here for you. <laughs> That's right. You can hit us on Twitter with all your questions, but don't. Uh, folks, Nick Letty is blue. The Nick Letty era begins now. I was lying on the grass a Sunday morning of last week, indulging in